You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. I don't know how George usually starts these. He usually calls us, like, beautiful and stuff. It's kind of... He says, oh, hey there. Oh, hey there. Yeah, oh, hi there. Oh. A little sensual. Don't don't you look great? Don't you look great out there? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, like, really, like, gets in. It's like... It's like very, very intimate right away. It's like away. waking up is next to Is he talking to, to you or is he talking to the listeners? He's talking to the audience. Wow. Uh, it's like when you, you're somebody, you're sleeping and somebody's, like, whispering something in your ear. That's how it sounds. It must be an Ontario thing. Might be. We don't do that out here. He's already there. Although I think. I'll say hello to you, beautiful people. I'm talking about you four in this room. <laughs> it's the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio, and it's full of dudes on a Thursday. Yeah, all guys, well, all the time. George did mention that as well. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of one <laughs> gender here, and it's it's dude. It smells like dude. It it is dude here. It's like we're unlockless. Yeah. Uh, if you're unaware of who I am, it's Logan Gordon along with you, usually of Sportsnet today, but here due to poor scheduling and poor management at Sportsnet 960, the fan. Oh. I'll get a text about that later, but that's fine. It's hard to plan when one guy gets back from holiday and when one guy leaves. I get it. Those it's dates and schedule is very difficult, so... I've been, I don't know if this is a call up or this is a call down, but I'm here. I think it's call up. I'll call it a call up because of uh, the beautiful faces all around me. And I'll introduce you to them. You know the other voice here because that's the beautiful dulcet tones of Patty Dumas. He's along with me this morning. I saw him Nanji beside me as well. As I'm good morning. Good morning, Logan. GVP, that beautiful smile over there. Hello, Hey-o. sir. Hello. How are we doing? Shan as well. Top of the day. You haven't been fired yet or released, so good to see that you're still sticking around. Shocking. So I guess we don't have the Golf Channel anymore. We got it on right now. Yeah, it's, a, it's, I, it's, 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 it works in the it's other room. HD. Oh. It's not an HD. I okay, guarantee what's it. the non-HD channel? I guarantee that's what uh, it is. I just got it on 233 right it's now. It's so cheap around here. It's unbelievable. They have the HD one in uh, in the other room there. Yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we need Where it. Shan and Garrett are. HD channels. This one right here for us to keep up, give you the... I need to watch my goth, man. I need to watch it. Yeah, see? There we go. Standard oh, No, see? not authorized. So this TV... Isn't connected to that TV. It's a different cable box. Really? If only we were a giant telecommunications. Oh yeah, didn't we just buy Shaw Broadcast Corporation? <laughs> if only. If only we had the technology. <laughs> if only. No, I got It's like if we didn't have phone plans or something. It's like okay, well, what are we even doing here? Well, I guess go stream it. Uh, if you're missing out, it's the Open Championship, the 151st Open Championship. I believe it's teeing off in Royal Liverpool. Yes, it is. In England. That's what the boys are all fired up about this morning. They've been teeing off since, like, what? They teed off at 11.35 last night. Yeah, so this is, we're well into the day now. We're midway through it. Uh, the Canadians still haven't teed off. There's only two of them, Corey Connors and Nick Taylor. They're going to tee, uh, Connors is going to tee off here in a matter of moments, uh, and then Nick Taylor... In about an hour and a half or so. This is the one thing that morning radio can bring you live results of. <laughs> the Open Championship. It's the Open Championship. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, yeah, half Everything else we're off. recapping or previewing, but maybe two or three times a year. It's like when the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Every now and then they get put in one of those weird time zones. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, the, women's, the second game of the Women's World Cup just wrapped up. Because I remember... Going back to what would it would have been twenty sixteen or was it twenty fourteen? The gold medal game Canada and Sweden. Sochi twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember we got the bars open for everyone to go early because it yeah. was like a. I want to say a three or a four a.m. Oh, I think it was a four a.m. I remember that. It was really early, yeah. and we got we. I don't know how we did it, but we got the bars open here in Alberta, at least. Yeah, we did. And that was like the one time that I remember coming in and the morning show was, at that time, able to watch it live on air with everybody. <laughs> and it wasn't exactly a dramatic final. Canada was so dominant in no. that game. Yeah, that entire tournament. 
but uh, that was the Carrie Price show in Sochi, mm-hmm. along with an absolutely ridiculous uh, cohort of players around him. But yeah, yeah there's not the last time the NHLers morning, went. Yeah, generally in <laughs> morning radio, we're not exactly breaking news for you, even though the two dorks over there thought, let's we'll just come in on breaking news today. Just throw oh, you guys on the spot. Shannon, I thought you that'd be a funny bit. That'd be hilarious. Get everybody <laughs> breaking news and be like, take it away, guys. Yeah, here you, you go. Oh, yeah. What do you got to say? Just, you get everybody uh, going in the cars, too. Tomas Nosek <laughs> has been signed by the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Everyone turns off the radio and stops listening to the podcast immediately. And I'm never asked to do mornings again. <laughs> uh, coming up on the show today, we've got a packed program for you. Patty Dumas will give you a morning report. What can we expect on the morning report, Patrick? I mean, it's as filled as it can be for July 20th. Uh, obviously, Blue Jays. There were some NHL signings yesterday. So NFL news is uh, we're getting close to camps opening up. I mean, rookies reported. Uh, we'll be reporting already. They've already reported in about half the league. So uh, some NFL news. Obviously, update you on the Open Championship. Um, as, as a guy named, uh, oh, God, Christo, uh, what's his name? Silent. Oh, there we go. Never mind. I got it right here. Christo uh, Panaflex. No, Christo Lamprex. There it was. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. Panaflex. I was like, oh, what did we? <laughs> He's out of South Africa. Uh, Stuart Sink is up there, too. Good for Stuart Sink. Hmm. One of the better hat tans in sports. Stuart Sink. With yeah. Bald head. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough look. Yeah. He's got like the snapback tan, too, on the back of his yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, I know. We got to break that down, man. Uh, so Patty's going to give us a morning report this hour, hour two, Ben Wagner, the radio play-by-play voice of the Toronto Blue Jays across the Sportsnet television and radio networks. He's on TV sometimes. Yes. Filling in. So I want to give him due credit for both sides. Does a lot of things. He does. He does a lot of things. Uh, Jays lifeless at the plate once again against the Padres trade deadline approaching. Ross Atkins says, we'll do whatever we need to to improve the team. You have seven other hitters, Ross? <laughs> yeah. Four the, more pitchers because... The offense is going silent here in the last Everybody, Everybody sucks right now, and Alec Manoa still <laughs> looks lost. So, good luck. You need one of everything, and you have four days to do it. Uh, good luck with that. So, we'll check in with Ben Wagner. See what's going on with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Justin Dunker, CFL Insider from Three Down Nation, is going to join us just mm-hmm. past the 8 o'clock hour. And we're getting closer to it. The Shaw Charity Classic coming up August 16th to 20th at Canyon Meadows Golf Course. We have some player announcements to get your yes, way. Yes, and uh, one will be joining us at yes. 8.30. So we'll uh, keep you locked in on that. Uh, but I wanted to start the show today, guys, on news that actually started today. And it's not it's not news that, that started necessarily today, but it's kind of being made official today. And that's from Adam Schefter of ESPN. And he's talked today that the NFL owners are going to meet and they're going to approve the sale of the Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder is officially out. And new ownership will take hold of Washington. And the reason I wanted to ask this one is because I'm curious as sports fans... How much ownership are you willing to accept in mm. your in your sport? Like, what level of, of meddling. ownership meddling, you know, is is okay for you? Are you the Dallas Cowboys where you go, hey, I mean, the guy pays the bills. If he wants to be mm. the GM, he pays the bills. That's fine. Would you yeah. rather your GM or your or excuse me, your owner sit up in the press box? With all the fancy friends and the celebrities and the one time you see them is if or when your team wins a championship. What would you rather have? (laughs) Because Dan Snyder will go down as one of the worst owners, not in just NFL history, in sports history. 100%. 100%. He almost ruined Mm -hmm. a franchise. First of all, he's gone through countless allegations. Yep. Of just making it a toxic workplace environment, it was terrible for women to work there. Uh, they were paying; they were doing the cheerleader thing, mm-hmm. where they were paying them for photos and all this sort of. It's just been brutal, and the results on the field have been brutal. 
He hasn't been able to hire the right people forever. And finally, NFL owners got sick of it. And they found somebody that they like a lot more that mm-hmm. was going to pay a price to come in, which is an expensive one in the NFL. We're talking billions of dollars here, guys. But what's the level? Like, Where do you, as a sports fan, come down on ownership and the impact that they have on your enjoyment of your particular teams? I like my owner to obviously care about the product on, on the field, on the ice, on the court, whatever. I need them to to show that their investment uh, was the right thing. I need them to, to, to care a little bit. I also don't want them... Excuse me, I'm dying here. I also don't want them to be to the point of meddling to the point where, you know, they... they they need to hold on to something and they can't get over it. You know, they can't, they can't embrace something like a change or something. They, they can't, they're not open enough for change. They only see the revenue stream. They only see that. And I get it. You need they, 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 that the sports teams are an investment for these guys. Now they're commodities. Now it's not just getting it for the love of the game. This is like buying a house, buying and selling houses is what sports ownership is now. So yeah, I do want them to be involved. Of course, I need them to show they care. But I also need them to say, hey, you're not you're not a sports, you know, you're not involved in the sports business. You made your money doing something else. I need to, you to hire the guys that can do the job, to hire the right people, to pick the right players, and not get involved in them. But I do want you to contribute and not be stingy. Now, with Dan Schneider's case, that's 24 years of hell for the for the Washington football team, a once proud uh, franchise in the NFL. Still one of the most popular franchises in the NFL. Uh, it's it's massive. I just the sad thing is like with, with with these owners, we see it like with uh, with, with Sterling with the Clippers or or uh, the Suns owner and whatnot. Just they they end up having to sell these teams because of their indiscretions and their just their stupidity and just being a total dink, and they make billions off of it. So it's like, oh, well, I'm a piece of crap, but here I am making seven bill or in this case, whatever. Yeah. Seven billion for whatever the worth commanders are going to go money, for. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's like, well, yeah, he's a piece of crap, but he's still going to make out like gangbusters. And then you can be like, oh, well, a guy like Jerry Jones in Dallas. We get it. Jerry Jones maybe meddles a little bit too much and maybe just he needs to step back because he's not the same right of mind. It's not the same NFL when Jerry and the Cowboys were winning in the 90s where they had no salary cap structure, where Jerry Jones could spend and spend and spend. This is a guy that so much, you know, the, the, the Cowboys haven't succeeded so much on the field, but off the field, look at the facilities. Look, these players are taken care of. When those NFL PA rankings came out, it's not like Dan Schneider was helping out his team with good facilities, good food, good travel, taking care of the wives. No, the, the commanders were last in almost, almost all the major categories. So, why was he even owning the team? And I'm like, I get it. He was making that sweet, sweet coin from the NFL every 365 days that they cash. Still, it was, it was just like, at what point does your pride take in? And that's the problem with billionaires. They they don't care. Their ego's too big. And it's interesting too because like, if I was a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. I'd struggle with an owner that's as hands on as Jerry Jones. Yeah. Right. Like that would be hard for me to. And look, it's it's the GM owner. That doesn't make any sense. That like either give it to your kid, Stephen, or go hire somebody. That, yeah, that's what I. That's where I. You're <laughs> like you know, people would love to work for that organization and be the guy that brings them the first Super Bowl since 1995. But that's the thing. Jerry Jones will never hire anybody like Troy Aikman or Michael Irvin or any of those guys that want him things because his ego's too big. He doesn't. He wants to get the credit for when the Cowboys win a Super Bowl. He wants to get the credit for when Dak Prescott wins an MVP, not the other guys. That's why he held on to Jason Garrett for so long as coach. Does it change in different sports? Because it feels like in the NBA, the owners get more spotlight, right? You've yeah. got Mark Cuban. Um, They're a lot more prominent. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy who owns the Clippers off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Steve Ballmer. Steve, Steve Ballmer. Ballmer right? Microsoft. Yeah. He he's on the side he's on the sidelines all the time, right? That guy's just a Papa spirit. He's just yeah, he's, <laughs> he's jacked all the time. Like, that guy's just like super excited. Like that Sports. Windows ninety five launch. Yeah. That's Steve Ballmer. He's that's Steve Ballmer him. today. He's killing it, man. 
right? But and then in <laughs> hockey, it's you know uh, they're not seen. They're, no, they're they're not even in the country. <laughs> they're some all, of them aren't. <laughs> some of them aren't. Uh, they're not. You know, like they're not prominent. Like outside of like like I guess like you, you know. But I guess the effect is is kind of what I'm I'm getting at, and it's just you know how much. Because look, I, I think even here in Calgary, the the conversation will be, you know, how much does ownership have have that final saying, right? Does that are you still like what's the difference between Jerry Jones being the owner slash GM, yeah, and an owner that maybe you don't see as often, but still has the final say? Is that is that any different? They're still controlling yeah. it. They're just controlling it in a different way. And I think you maybe see that a little more in the NHL with maybe just of how things are because the NHL is fourth. There isn't a, as much money to go around. Their salary cap is is weird and hasn't gone up. <laughs> so, yeah, I could totally get the sense of where, like, even if these guys aren't prominent, they're they're meddling with, with the president of hockey ops. They're, and then they're meddling with the GM, like, we could say the Canadian markets There's a couple that like, you know, Calgary, Winnipeg, you know, maybe they were at the point of, of a rebuild or wanting to retool, but they're also two small markets that got absolutely rocked in the pandemic that lost a lot of money. And maybe their owners are like, Hey, I want to hold on to these guys. I want to not trade these guys. Cause I care about my guaranteed two home playoff games. Cause that makes my year. I think if I'm if I'm being honest as a sports fan, I think I want some sort of liaison, like that president of hockey ops role, that guy that can yeah. wear both hats, that yeah. has to understand that look, you, you do answer to the guys that yep. sign the checks and they're gonna want answers and yeah. they're spending millions and sometimes billions of dollars on salaries and arena costs, and I get it. You you should you should want to have an opinion on how your money's spent. I course, get that. I'm course. never going to, to to say that you should never have an opinion on it, but I do think you need to have that sort of buffer zone, that that area of and whether look and, and look, I'll use an example, like Brian Burke, yeah. right? A guy that's been there and done it, but can say to ownership, "Look, this is why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have faith in us to do it." Because mm-hmm. if I was, it would drive me nuts to have the owner. As, as hands-on as some of these guys are. And I'm not, again, I understand why for some it's ego. And uh, to your point, Doom, I think a lot of it's ego. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine what ego is like at, you know, billion-dollar meetings and, and all that sort of stuff. I'll never know what that's like. I'm sure some of it's like that. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's just I, I need to I need to know there's a separation between – because you, you're right. You, you didn't become a, a billionaire because you were – a great football mind. You became a player because you were smart at oil and gas or yeah. uh, fashion or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think you have to have the the wherewithal to understand that you have to hire the right people. Mm-hmm. And uh, guys like Dan Snyder never got that, right? No. He wanted to to do it his way, and he didn't care who he, he hurt along the way. And, 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 you know, it's funny. It's not like Washington was a – it's not like he kept the purse strings, you know, closed there in Washington. They they spent – they brought in players over that time, but it was just such a toxic environment from top to bottom. It, it, from the people working in the offices to the people that are playing for the logo on the side of the helmet, it wasn't a good place for them to work. And that the owner really had all the say in that. That's sad. And that the NFL let that go on for so long is even worse. Well, and that's and that's always where it turns turns around on itself, yeah. right? Is because you have to self police. Yeah. Like right? the, other thir- the other thirty one owners are like, "Hey, Dan Snyder's a little messed up here." Well, that's guys. and that's the whole point, right? Is you have to almost tell on your friends, right? That's why this doesn't happen. I'm sure there are plenty of other owners yep. that are guilty of things like this. Maybe not oh. to the extent of Dan Snyder. I would hope not, but of other things. And it just turns out, look, the other 31, you own, you, you're part of why the league is the league. Yeah. Right? If, if Roger Goodell wants the to come down on you, club. you're the guy that tells yeah. Roger Goodell what he wants to do. You're one of yeah. 32 guys yeah. that tells Roger Goodell what he wants, what you want him to do. But he still has to turn around on you and say, look, I'm suspending you for a year mm-hmm. because you're, you've created this toxic workplace environment and... No one wants to work here anymore because you've been such an asshole for for twenty years, yeah. right? Like that's 
Yeah. That's the the hardest part of all is turning around and saying, "Hey, it's it's on you." I mm-hmm. know that you're the you know policing yourself in that sense, but mm-hmm. uh, some text at nine six zero nine six zero. The fan feedback line is always open to you here on the big show. Uh, Wedley and Bridalwood says, "I'm a Cowboys fan. Never seen them in the Super Bowl. Thanks to Jerry, uh, Robin, Airdrie with a very similar take. I've been a Cowboys fan my whole life. <laughs> I want Jerry Jones to be fired." Into the sun. Uh, this text, uh, the Flyers, like uh, media ownership, uh, Comcast running the Flyers. Uh, I think of uh, obviously the, the the Jays being run by Rogers and and the Braves. They're run by a media company as well. You know, like they they feel like they control everything. They could be the most prominent things. And like, yeah, the Flyers have been uh, a franchise that hasn't been the same since like since Comcast came along. And then you see with Ruth Rogers and they're spending with the Blue Jays. Like that's something. Completely opposite of what Philly's been doing with Comcast. So, yeah, then you get the corporation ownerships, which is also a, a whole other mixed bag. And the NFL doesn't have any corporation ownerships, but I'm wondering, hey, what are, you know, I guess if Jeff, Jeff Bezos wouldn't be the corporate, wouldn't be like Amazon buying it. Like, I know well, they didn't buy Washington, but still, it's just corporation ownership is also another hot button issue that might be a perking up here as corporations want to get involved. Well, the corporation one's always interesting yeah. because they always it's numbers for them, right? Yeah. It, it's always it's it's cost analysis, it's, it takes out sort of the human element to mm-hmm. ownership in a sense. Mm-hmm. I know there's humans running Like there's the no company. face. Well, in a sense, but it's yeah. also I think I think in sports it's hard to to nail down the the dollars and cents of every expense in every dollar in dollar out the way that a normal company would. Yeah. And I think sometimes that that becomes difficult for corporations because they have a certain way of doing business. And maybe like you said, maybe Comcast as a broadcast network, mm-hmm. that business plan doesn't, doesn't fit a, a hockey model and they don't understand how to adapt to, to how yeah. that works, right? And fluctuations in attendance and fluctuations in yeah. in on-ice product or on-field product. It's funny. Uh, I like this one from uh, Scott in York. And he said, take a look, a deep look into Dan Snyder. That's not even close to the dink he is. There's so <laughs> much more there. There's a lot for sure. Yeah, no, there will be a documentary on the commander's ownership and what went wrong there for sure. Uh, this text says, as a big soccer slash football fan, yeah. ownership is massive. Because that's who invests into the club. I cheer for Man United where the owners don't invest in facilities. And now the women's team is losing players because they won't invest in them. Yeah, there, there's a there's a, a sport where there's it's completely haves and have-nots. There's teams in England in the in the Premier League, obviously, that are nation-states. You know, with Newcastle and Manchester City that are owned by countries. PSG is owned by a country. Then there's teams in the lowest end of England that are struggling to turn the lights on. So, like, in the world of footy, like, soccer, that's another thing. With the Saudis doing what they're doing and everything, I'm, I'm worried about that sport because that sport is never, as ever, never, will never embrace a cap system, will never. It's just a matter of, hey, who's got the who's got the most money? So it is, it's just, it, that is just a completely other uh, other can of worms to open up with, with ownership across sports. And I... You know, the, the one name that slipped my mind, and the only reason I thought of it, and I can't really have an ownership conversation without thinking about it, uh, GVP, the hat you're wearing, a Yankees cap. Yeah. Does that not immediately bring you to an iconic owner? But Steinbrenner... And you some will argue, like, look at like look at the Yankees since George passed, and that Hal's been running it. They don't spend like they used to. They are older. See, I was going to say, and I was going to say to that point, that's. I mean, it's funny. I say they don't spend like they used to, and they have the second highest payroll in all of Major League Baseball, but they still, they haven't been that destination over the last decade of where you see big free agents go. Like, they haven't been that type of team because George was that type of guy. He would spend, spend, spend because they won and they had that type of. But is George George Jerry Jones to some people? Like, is George Steinbrenner. That guy, or is he just the guy that would spend more than anybody else, and and that's why he was a great owner because it didn't matter what he had to pay in luxury I, taxes to the to the Oakland A's at the end of the year. He went and spent four hundred million dollars on a team because he could. 
Yeah, I think that was I think that was it because he could he could he could he could right, but he it. had managers and he had yep. GMs that, that I mean, followed order. I mean, hired Billy Martin seven times. No, I don't know how many times. Enough, it was, but it was a lot. Uh, well, obviously, George was a very polarizing figure. But do you see those two guys as different? Like, do you see Jerry Jones' ownership style different than 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 Hal Steinbrenner's ownership? Because I do. But I, I, I mean, think the average sports fan might look at it and say those are the same thing, right? Like GDP is is there a big difference between Jerry Jones and what Hal Steinbrenner used to be? George. I, I think so. I don't. I don't or think George, so. yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page with that. I would think so. They're just like they're those two. Like when you think of like the Yankees and Cowboys, they're 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 they're. they're but you, one couldn't, of the same. you couldn't be mad at the Yankees though because no. they won. No, that's the thing. The Yankees back. I mean, the Cowboys did win up until. But did they win because the Steinbrenner cap. was the the ultimate genius behind it, or because he's he opened his wallet more than anyone would? Yeah, I think you could take a little bit of both. I think it was it was an ownership that like I think what George did for that team and obviously the Yankees he like obviously the Yankees were a proud franchise before George Steinbrenner bought them as well so it was a is a franchise that had a lot of a lot of lineage with it. I don't know. I think it, it was a combination of getting the right players in there and like obviously they didn't go go and sign like, guys like the guys that were big in that '90s team they wouldn't go out and sign them. like they were all drafted and developed in the house like you know Derek Jeter Andy Pettit they all were developed in house they out. And then the guys they brought in, of course, the Yankees could outspend anybody. I'd love to look at the, the the figures of what they spent back in the day and just bring them up compared to the rest of Major League Baseball in that 90s when they won their uh, that 4-5 and five or whatever it was. Uh, this thing says Yankees won. They also drafted well. Yeah. That's the Dumas point. Yeah. yeah. And look, I mean, I guess to my point of the Yankees is, you know, okay, you, you drafted Derek Jeter. You signed A-Rod. Yep. Right? You spent – yep. you. I just think they were never no, afraid exactly. to. No, they, they, the Yankees can do. The Yankees were the evil empire for a reason. They could do whatever the hell they wanted, and we just had to sit by and watch. And nowadays, you know, maybe Hal's looking at it like, hey, because baseball obviously isn't the power, like the big power as it was. It's still making money for sure. Don't get me wrong, but maybe like Hal's looking at it like, just say, hey, we're just gonna not spend the crazy. But I, I shouldn't say they. Like I said they are the second highest payroll spending. in baseball. It's just the results aren't translating on the field. You know, one World Series since George since George well George actually passed away after that World yeah. Series. So yeah, he was still around when they won in '09. So yeah, it, just interesting. And it was it was a thought that popped up to my head today when. Schefter tweeted out the news that the the NFL owners are going to meet today and they are going to officially uh, approve the sale of the Washington Commanders away from Dan Snyder. And uh, look, as for any sports fan, uh, look, it doesn't matter if you're a sports fan or not. I, I hope Washington's a better place to work for everybody mm-hmm. now that that's changing hands. But I was I was generally curious how people see sports ownership and their general fandom, and clearly. By the text line, I think everybody, it's almost impossible not to have some sort of feeling towards ownership one way or the other yeah. uh, mixed in with, with your sports fandom. Uh, he's Patrick Dumas. Azam is here. GVP's in the other room. Shan's hanging out with us. This is the big show. No Russick, no roast today. Maddie's back in tomorrow. But we're going to get you caught up with everything you need to know around the sporting world. Patty Dumas got the morning report. That's coming up next as the big show rolls on here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to The Big Show on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Patty Dumas rocking out this morning. Packers touchdown song. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Probably should have, but I didn't. Todd Rundgren. We're hanging out in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Patty Dumas, Logan Gordon along with you. Zam, Shan, and GVP hanging out with us today. Looking forward to chats with Ben Wagner, Justin Dunk to name a few of our guests on the show today. We'll also, next hour, I'm going to ask the guys... And the text line. 
what the stupidest thing is you've ever spent money on. Oh, boy. Because I saw a tweet last night that made me really happy I avoided spending money on something stupid. And I need to find out. Because we've all done it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a really extreme example of it, but we've all spent money on on something stupid. So we're going to go around the table and find out what uh what stupid thing we've spent money on so that's coming up next hour but before we get to that we do this every day on the big show i'm told I'm not here very often but <laughs> i was told we do this yes it's called the morning report and it's brought to you by motorworks if you own a bmw choose motorworks for service and repairs they'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10 percent on 51st Ave in 3rd Street, Southeast. And with this uh, morning Rose. report, Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. No, this is Patrick. Got cut off their logo. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what I'm doing. I just <laughs> usually do it right after the ad. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm no, it's okay. I'm new here. No, that's okay. Blue Jays looking to bounce back after Tuesday's 9 1 thumping at the hands of the Padres. Uh, before the game, though, Ross Atkins spoke to the assembled media at Rogers Center, chatted an assortment of things, but uh, we are now less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. Here's Ross on what could be the Jays' shopping list over the next couple weeks and what to do with Alec Manoa and Hyunjin Ryu. It's a good alternative, right, that we have, or a good option that we have some depth internally that um, you know we feel very strong about. Their, their track records, some of the playoff experiences, um, you know some of the just overall experiences as as very very good performers, uh, but we have to, and we're certainly optimistic that we're going to have them as options. But we also have to plan for, in the event that we don't, if someone has a setback, uh, performance or injury. But that's the case for everyone. So uh, you can never have enough pitching, as they say. So we have to contingency plan, but having that as a starting point to a good place to be. Yeah, I can never have too much starting pitching. It'll all depend really on what uh, happens with Alec Manoa. He'll probably get uh, two more starts here before the deadline. Uh, he's got to be better. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu is going to get the start in Buffalo on Friday. Uh, he should be called up uh, really soon after that. So we'll see. Also mentioned that they'd like to add another right-handed bat to the lineup. Uh, we'll see because the offense has been struggling. Uh, before the game, they also... Uh, uh, what do they do? They uh, they announced that they added uh, Jordan Luplo to the roster, also optioned Nathan Lucas to Buffalo, and moved Adam Simber to the 60-day DL with a shoulder impingement. Uh, to the diamond, the Jays sending uh, Jose Brios to the mound up against you, Darvish. Brios uh, very much back to his 2021 form. Uh, Darvish has struggled this year, uh, but so has the group around him. But Darvish was not struggling on Wednesday. Both pitchers were tremendous. Uh, that was until the top of the fifth. For Barrios with the bases juiced and one of those high-priced talents comes through for San Diego. 1-1, a broken bat flare into left center field, down for a base hit. In to score is Grisham. Here comes Kim. He's in. The throw from Kiermaier into the middle of the diamond. It's a two-run broken bat single for Manny Machado. The game has its first score. So close to getting out of it. Uh, Barrios would eventually get out of it with his eighth strikeout of, uh, of the game. Uh, but the Jays' offense is going to have to pull its own weight here. That's now two games in a row. They've been shut down completely. Uh, now we continue. Bottom of the fifth, uh, Vlad Jr. with two men on, two outs. First pitch swing and just chops it right at the foot of you Darvish. Uh, and as good as you Darvish was, Brios might have been a little bit better outside of the two runs uh, that he allowed. Uh, Jays, uh, he did strike out nine on the night, but Jays dropped uh, their second in a row. Now five and a half back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who also fell. Uh, yesterday, they're in the second wild card spot. They'll wrap up this series uh, this morning. Uh, 11.07 first pitch, Chris Bassett up against Blake Snell. Yeah, Jay's uh, offense, you, you said it there, Patty, needs to pull their own weight. They were doing so well. Like, yeah. they, like they just like uh, they had the Tiger game, the second middle game of the Tiger game, and then these last two. Other than that, this month's been pretty good. Yeah, it, it has been. And I was, look, I was overly sarcastic when I was joking in the first segment about Ross Atkins needing everything. It's just, <laughs> it's, it can be frustrating watching this Jay's team. And you're right, they have been, they have been good, but there's nights like this that worry you. Uh, shut out again, you mentioned it. Uh, one for 16 with runners in scoring positions, no issue. home runs in their last three games. And this is the fifth time that they've been shut out in their last 23 games. Oof. 
I just it pains me to see good performances from pitchers this year. Like Jose Bree gives you six innings, man. That's with two earned runs, nine strikeouts. You had it. Yep. Your offense should be able to put up more than two runs to give Jose Barrios that kind of backup. And that's those are the ones that worry you when it comes to those key times later in the year. Are they going to be able to produce runs? Yep. I don't know. The Padres haven't been very good this year. No, they haven't. And the Jays uh, will lose their first series to uh, to an NL West opponent this year. They were uh, previously 4-0 at home against them. Uh, they'll wrap it up, like I said, this uh, this morning at 11.07. Uh, wasn't a great day around the American League East yesterday. Uh, they went 1-4 total. Uh, Rays, they fell to the Rangers. They've been playing great. Uh, they've lost uh, four in a row, three of their last ten. Uh, they've won only three of their last ten. Uh, Yankees now find themselves in last place in the East, albeit a 15-47. Only the Orioles were winners in the division yesterday as they earned a split with the L.A. Dodgers. We'll have uh, Benny Wagner join us from Rogers Center as he gets set to call the finale. You can listen to it right here starting, like I said, at 11 o'clock. Uh, NHL snooze. A couple teams uh, were able to avoid arbitration with Samara Faze yesterday. The Jets agreed to a two-year deal with uh, Gabriel Velarde. It's an AAV of $3.43 million. Velarde, of course, was acquired in that PLD trade. Uh, he had 23 goals and uh, added 41 points last year with the Kings. And the Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, got Brett Howden signed as well. A two-year deal with an AAV of $1.9 million. Uh, Howden had 13 points in 54 regular season games before chipping in 10 more in 22 playoff games on their run to the Cup. And uh, one UFA signing, uh, the Devils signed Thomas Noshik on a one-year, $1 million deal. Spent this past past couple seasons with the Boston Bruins. Had seven goals and 18 points in 66 games last year with the Bruins. Dark, uh, It's pretty grim days around the NHL. We're just getting these little signings, little morsels of signings here. Yeah, we're getting the RFAs that the, don't want to. The arbitration. Yeah. I know Elias Samsonov had the, he came in at 4.9. The Leafs came in at what, 2.9? 2.4. 2.4. So there's a big gap there that the arbitrator is going to have to figure out for, for Elias Samsonov. So, yeah, we're just trying to find some news here. For yeah, hockey. look, this is going to be what it is. The free agent class is has dwindled and, and most of the big signings now are left to RFAs that either don't have arb rights and are going to use the summertime as as much leverage as they can before training camp or guys coming to deals because you don't want to go to arbitration. It's no. never a, a good look for both sides to go into that. Usually fractures relationships. So uh, a good piece of work by the, the Jets with Velarde. I actually like that. He's an RFA yep. once that deal ends yep. and uh, could be a big piece of Winnipeg the next couple of days here, or a couple of years here, I should say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Stampeders, they were back at practice yesterday as they begin uh, Week 7 preparations for the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday. Uh, and two notable names, both who caught touchdowns from Jake Mayer, were absent. Luke, uh, Luther Akunavanu and Tommy Lee Lewis, uh, both in practice yesterday. Uh, Akunavanu was in a walking boot, uh, but coach didn't seem too concerned. Uh, both could practice today or even on Friday. Stamps host Ottawa on Sunday, 5 p.m. start. It's family day, uh, so tons to do in the, as the South practice field transforms into gridiron gardens. Uh, tons of activities for kids. Saw that uh, they'll be serving barbecue up as well. Ooh. Ralph the dog, Elsa from Frozen, Spider-Man will be making a Spider-Man's going to be there. Spider-Man will be making a Garrett, we got to go. Uh, and if you're one of the first 2,000, uh, you get a, a limited uh, edition poster. Of featuring the Stamps linebacking court. Pretty good linebacking yeah, court. Yeah, Judge, Mike Alway. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a Spider-Man poster. I, would, I was, was going to be in Spider-Man right there, too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be really <laughs> I wish it was a Spider-Man poster. Spider-Man yeah. donned in Stampeders gear. <laughs> yeah. Total cop, stiff arm. Total copyright. Oh, yeah, yeah. Marvel will be coming right after C-Sec. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, uh, that'll get underway at 3 p.m., two hours before kickoff. Week 7 in the CFL does kick off tonight in Winnipeg with the Bombers hosting the Edmonton Elks. Winnipeg, of course, shocked last week at the hands of Dustin Crum and the Red Blacks. Will uh, The Elks entered uh, the sports futility last week with their 20th straight home loss. Good thing they're not at home, but they are two, a two-touchdown underdog at IG Field tonight. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's mm. it. Uh, Bombers also welcoming back Kenny Lawler after six games away. Redebuts against his ex-team. That one goes at 6.30. We'll have Justin Dunk join us at 8 o'clock to do give us a little Week 7 preview. I'm glad that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had their back-to-work shirts on. Yeah, they're going white. walk-down or for walk-through. Yeah. It's going to be real tough against those Elks. <laughs> really putting up a fight lately. I'm sure they're uh, going to uh, exert some anger yeah. on Edmonton tonight.
Uh, NFL rookies started reporting on Tuesday, and the New York Jets actually reported as a team yesterday. Uh, the Browns will report on Friday as those teams will play in the Hall of Fame game to kick off the preseason a couple weeks from now. Uh, but we did get some news on some possible holdouts. First in Dallas, fresh off uh, given a 99 rating in Madden 24. Six-time All-Pro guard Zach Martin, arguably the best guard in the game, is considering not showing up to camp when the Cowboys report next Tuesday because he's not pleased uh, with his contract and the team's lack of desire to restructure. Martin says he's woefully underpaid relative to market. And he's not wrong because uh, there's eight names in front of him. There's eight play- eight guards that make more money than Zach Martin. Hmm. Uh, none of them can boast a resume of Zach. Uh, some great names in there too, but like none none of them are six-time All-Pros. He's scheduled to make $7 million less than the highest-paid guard, Chris Lindstrom, in Atlanta. Uh, now 32, maybe considered getting to that point where he starts seeing some breaking down, down the downside of his career, but his stats are still among the tops in his position. But good luck trying to get Jerry to pay up uh, here in camp. We'll see. Zach Martin, big, big impact on that offensive line. Uh, staying in the NFC East, Monday came and went without any extension for any running backs that were tagged. That includes Giants' Saquon Barkley. He was a guest on the Money Matters podcast, and he talked about having some leverage over the G-men and Moles sitting out the season, possibly. I have no worry about going on a football field and knowing that I'm not playing for my worth or saying if I have to play under, because that's this is my leverage. My leverage is, I can say, F- you to the Giants. I can say, F- to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. Right. I won't play it down. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a play I can use. Do I, anybody knows me, knows that's not something I want to do. But like, it's something that, has it something that crossed my mind? It's like, I never, I never thought I would ever do that, but like, now I'm in a point where it's like, Jesus, like, I, I might have to take it to this level. And like, am I willing, am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. Yeah, now that was recorded before Monday's deadline. But yeah, Barkley obviously not happy. And uh, I, if I'm Saquon Barkley, I'm not showing up till Friday before week one. Because I don't have to. No, I mean, he doesn't have to. But the la- because he knows the last, remember the last prominent running back to sit out a season and he regretted it. Le'Veon Bell. He never got back. He never came back. Saquon knows he really can't sit out. But he's also the running back. The, the, the running backs have to fight here. They want to get paid. And the NFL might have to get to the point they have to consider doing something for these running backs. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, do I think that running backs are underpaid? Sure, but it's not like it's a... It's the evolution of this game. Well, yeah, and it's not like it's just these guys that we're talking about. Nobody's getting paid as no. far as running backs go. And No, I, like Christian McCaffrey got it. He does a lot of... He does both things. He can receive... He, he, he's a different type of running back. But then I guess Derek Henry got paid... Well, you that's know. and that's the, that's what's going to have yeah. to happen. Is they're going to have to have somebody break through the ceiling and say, "You can't do without me in a contract year, right?" Because you can restructure it all you want yep. into these bonuses that, that a lot of teams do. It doesn't actually change their base salary, and, and because most of these guys' base salary is is low, but they're going to make more in bonuses. They'll make closer to ten yep. million is, is usually what they're at. But yeah, it's. <laughs> It's hard. I mean, Saquon can say that, but at the end of the day, he's just looking out for himself because yeah, he's not going to change. He's not going to change running back salary structure across the league. It's going to have to be. I don't know if it's Bijan Robinson. Yeah, it might be. It might be Bijan. But it's going to have to be somebody like that that goes off for fifteen hundred yards or something like that and says, "Look, you, you either pay me big time or you're going to miss me because." There's just especially with the way the that, I'm looking at too the, many guys right now. Right, I'm I looking. Mean, I'm looking at the situation in New York. Like, that's not a team that is going to chuck the ball down the field a ton. That's a team that relies a lot on their running game. And we saw what Saquon did for them last year. It was improved the Giants a ton as Daniel Jones improved. They don't have Saquon. Do they go out and sign Dalvin Cook? 
make that a messy situation even more for Saquon? I don't know. I don't think they can go. I don't think the Giants are a playoff team without Saquon Barkley. The problem is there's just there's, for the running backs, there's too many other good no, running backs. No, exactly. And then you can, the thing is you can draft one next draft year. One if Saquon doesn't want to play for the Giants, they'll just draft one next year. Exactly. Uh, as the evolution of that position goes, uh, he'll be, he'll still make some money this year. Now he's not. I'm not gonna, saying he's bad. He's, he's, I he's just, making, no, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's going to make ten point zero nine one million dollar on the ten. Tell me you can't live without me. And <laughs> unfortunately, are the Giants better with Saquon? Sure, but they'll find it, a way. Is the drop off if to him to Dalvin Cook worth? Will you get Dalvin in there for one year, whatever? Dalvin's looking for a job, not exactly. looking for a raise. Yeah, and whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, the NFL story is gonna get gonna get busier here as camps open up over the next couple weeks. Cannot wait. Best time of year is coming up. Uh, some local spots, some local news. Woo! Look out! Uh, the Okotoks Dogs return to action tonight. Welcome the Lethbridge Bulls to Seaman Stadium. Okotoks with a record of thirty and eleven. Hold a game and a half lead over the Sylvan Lake Gulls for first in the West Division. Just two weeks left. In the regular season, uh, the Calgary Surge also returned to play tonight after uh, some time away because of Stampede. They welcome the Winnipeg Sea Bears to win sport tonight. The first place Sea Bears, uh, Calgary's uh, two and a half games back with four games to play. It's a 7 p.m. tip, and three of the final four are at home. Get down to win sport if you haven't yet. Uh, I know Cam uh, Cam Hughes from the afternoon show. He was out there. Uh, him he, and Taylor went. Yeah, they loved it. Uh, it's great. You know, there's so much sports going on in this city. Uh, great to see it in the surgery in a playoff spot, home playoff how, spot as well. How does a team like Winnipeg get the name Sea Bear? This is a big debate, man. George always gets he's like, what the hell is a Sea Bear? I think it's a polar bear, and they just wanted to be different. And I know it's just because of the polar bear, because of the connection to, to the Hudson Bay and whatnot. But that's still a good trip away. Yeah, I mean, that, you're from Manitoba. Yeah, that's still about a lot, of, a lot of seas in Manitoba. Well, Hudson Bay is considered, you know, sea water going into a bay and there's polar bears that live there and the most polar bears live in that area so that's what i guess is a sea bear but i, I wanted to ask andrew patterson when i was when i had him on he's like what is a sea bear what do, what do we do they talk about it there maybe it's something we revisit in the future but i would love to know. i'd like to i'd, I'd love like to, to know, know what the hell a sea bear is i think it's a polar bear because they're the only bears that i know that live in seas we'll see uh fifa women's world cup got underway in the wee hours of thursday morning co-host new zealand Taking on a top 10 side in the world, Norway. And it was an upset. The Kiwis win 1-0. Thanks to a Hannah Wilkinson 48-minute goal. So a good start to the tournament for New Zealand. The other co-hosts, Australia, also got their tournament underway against the Republic of Ireland. Uh, that game just wrapped up. Uh, they also won 1-0. Steph Catley had a PK early on in the second half. They did lose their star striker, Sam Kerr, to an injury, however. That's massive if she is due to miss any time in this tournament. Speaking of injuries, Canada uh, is also dealing with their own uh, injury problems as they will get their tournament underway tonight in Melbourne uh, when they take on Nigeria at 8.30. Uh, some concerns whether or not they'll have Jesse Fleming available to them tonight. The midfielder was uh, limited in training on Tuesday. Uh, or sorry, the yeah, she was limited on Tuesday. Manager Bev Priestman says something popped up and the training staff just wanted to dial her back a bit. So we'll see. Priestman did say on Monday that Fleming would play. But Tuesday was closed to the media, so it's a wait and see. And Canada and Nigeria go at 8.30 as well. The Philippines take on Switzerland at 11.30. Round one of the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. Golf's final major well underway. And uh, we'll take a look at the leaderboard here. Uh, Christo Lamprecht of South Africa, the amateur. How tall is he, GVP? 6'8". Six, 6'8". Eight. Six, eight. This is a Dana Chara on the golf course. So using a unit. hockey stick to hit the ball? <laughs> his swing is something else. You have to see it. Oh, my God. How he... extended are his clubs? <laughs> I have to watch some, uh, some highlights of his round. Uh, but he's the leader at five under. His round is done. 6'8". Yeah. You see you... the green on a par five. Exactly. You can see well over. Holy. Uh, the big boy. Yeah. Uh, Englishman Tommy Fleetwood. A lot of talk around him. A lot of hype. Could this be the week he finally gets his first major? He's four under one shot. Uh, he's uh, just through 15. Uh, oh, boy. Stuart Sink. He's at three under. Tied for third alongside Jordan Speed. The Canadians, uh, they have yet to tee off. I know Nick Taylor. Uh, Nick Taylor was set to tee off a little bit later. Yeah, he hasn't teed off yet. And Corey Connors, the other Canadian, uh, he's won over through four. Uh, so not the greatest of starts for Corey Connors, but uh, right now the course is playing good. Weather's good. 
to start this one. Still a lot of uh, golfers yet to get their round underway. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, this started at 11.35 last night. So you could have just gone on a whole graveyard shift of watching golf. Hey, if that's what you want to spend your summer nights doing, uh, who am I to judge? Hey, not a better better sport to fall asleep to on a nap than watching <laughs> golf. And, uh, you know, the final major, the, the Open Championship, might be one of my favorite majors to watch, obviously. It doesn't have, obviously, the same cachet, maybe, as the Masters does. But the Open Championship, that's the home of golf. That's true golf. Shout out to the BBC for this golf theme. <laughs> Boo! Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to play this. Uh, Jason Kelsey, sorry, Jason Kelsey and uh, Travis Kelsey, their podcast, New Heights. They had Julian Edelman on the show. And uh, here's the story of how Julian Edelman got his nickname by Randy Moss. What's Randy telling you? Just be bigger and faster than everybody? I just remember Randy. Hey, Jules. Hey, Jules. He used to call me Edelnut. Edelnut? Hey, Edelnut, get my hot tub about 103 and get my Gatorade. <laughs> so you have metal tubs and hot tub? Yes. He never wanted to go in the regular hot tub. He had to have, it was like menthol rubbing alcohol in there. And, and he'd go, Edelnut, go get my towel, my Gatorade, and make that hot tub about 103, 102. Don't f*** it up. Yes, sir. This one time, Randy, it was like the day before Christmas and we had to work. We had a game on Christmas or something. And Randy was talking to his mom. I just walked by. I was like, hey, Randy, tell Mama Moss. I said, Merry Christmas. He goes, Edelnut, when I'm talking to my mother mom, you shut the fuck up. I looked at, I walked away. Yeah. I contact. I was so scared. I was a rookie. He's like, don't you talk to me when I'm talking to my mom. But he'd always love me up too, you know? Of course, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty Jeez, funny. He's Randy. Julian Edelnut. 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 Is is, is, is is Randy Moss accent? And get my Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> so you have metal tubs and hot tub? Yes. He never wanted to go in the regular hot tub. He had to have, it was like menthol rubbing alcohol in there. Just <laughs> <laughs> the accent of Randy Moss. <laughs> I love that he's telling him to shut up when he's talking to his mom. <laughs> Don't talk to him. Part. <laughs> shut up, Ricky. I'm talking to my mother mom. You shut the f*** up. <laughs> what, what an awful teammate. Edelnut. Randy Moss is just an asshole. That's all I got from that. That's the whole thing I got. Just What's Randy there? telling you? Just be bigger. Remember Randy? Hey, Jules. Hey, Jules. <laughs> he used to call me Edelnut. <laughs> Edelnut. Edelnut. Thanks. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate that for the rest of my life. <laughs> but yeah, there's your morning report. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, the morning report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. This is the big show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.